This week's episode of the Inside Running Podcast is proudly sponsored by On. On Track Night Series takes over the Zatapec 10 this December in Melbourne. On Track Night celebrates the running community. The shared passion, the competition and the camaraderie, it's all there. High energy affairs with loud crowds pushing athletes to greater heights. Join us as Lakeside Stadium comes to life on December 2nd. Visit ontracknights.com for more information. Welcome to episode number 311 of the Inside Rain Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Big show coming at you. We've got our two winners coming on the show tonight. The two winners of the Melbourne Marathon that happened yesterday. Reese Edwards and Gemma Maney be joining us throughout this episode. We've got all the runner news that happened over the last week. Listen to Question, Moose on the Loose, might have some whispers potentially. And um, a bit of what's coming up stuff a bit later in the show. Welcome to my co-host. He's, uh, he's coming in hard today, he reckons. Just telling me some big stories off air. Bradley Croker, I'm going to be liking this energy. How are you this week? <laughs> I'm good, Brady. I think it's the other way around. I think there's uh, a bit of Brady on the moose this week, which I'm looking forward to. Brady things... on the moose? Brady on the loose. <laughs> I don't oh, want to be on the moose. Had a, had a big few days. Uh, yeah, Brady on the loose. A few things got under my skin over the last week, Croaks, and I'm looking forward to talking about that. But how are you? I'm good, good. Back That's from good. Noosa. How is yep. Noosa? Geez, you look good in the suit. I saw that photo pop up on Viv's Instagram. Uh, it was lovely, actually. Like, we had really good weather. You know, you know it's a good weather day when you can go down at, like, 3 in the afternoon to the beach and it's not blowing a gale and the ocean's still quite smooth. Because you know how the wind often picks up in the afternoon around the coast? It was, uh, yeah, it was really nice. My other co-host, who was on the streets of Melbourne yesterday, lives in Anglesey usually though. Julian Spence, how are you going this week? I'm, I'm going pretty good, thanks. And uh, yeah, I, Noosa is a different environment on the beach than a lot of the beaches down here. There's no flies, for one, which make it just a dream to lie out. And then the sand's nice and fluffy. The yep. water's warm. Any time of the year, you can go in without a wetsuit on. It's just delicious. Yeah. Running's still not great. I ran, what did I do, two runs up there? That was enough. Uh, where'd you go? You go into the national park? No, nah, no. Nah. Like, when I was up there for training camps, like, years and years ago, like, we did so many laps around there, and you're just constantly dodging people. So I went more on the um, the big, wide bike path sort of uh, towards Nooseville, and then there's, like, uh, Lake... Weber Road or something. It's like a 2K yeah, straight yeah. section. Um, not a lot of traffic. And so, yeah, I just didn't want to have to, like, dodge people. So That's I where I did there. that workout when I was up there. Mm, yeah. Up and down that road. It's okay. I'm, I mean, it's just a fucking road, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's better than running through the National Park, dodging people. Yeah. It's too sandy in there as well. Jeez, yeah. we complain about Noosa a lot. <laughs> yeah. That and the Gold Coast. Two most complained yeah. places about that. 
How are you, Moose? How was the streets of Melbourne yesterday? We'll get into it a bit later, but been back and forth. Yeah, um, it was it was cool to be up there. So many runners. Like I, I've normally when I watch a race, I'll watch the athletes that I'm coaching go past and maybe chuck a drink out to them and then get on my bike and go to the next spot. But because um, I was following Bree and she was in the half, I went out and I was staying at about the 3K mark of the race so on St Kilda Road. So I just went out and watched the marathoners go through and they started an hour before the half. And I've never really watched the entire marathon pack go past. It just goes forever. It's just so many people. And I've, at the start, there's like Liam comes past, super quick, massive gap already to the second pack. And they're all in the one sort of spot on the road. And then as the rest of the pack comes in, a couple go into the other lane on the other side. But then everyone just starts streaming down the actual footpath and the <laughs> sidewalk. So I, I was standing there with Pia and we were just watching, but we were actually in the middle of about, well, I don't know, 15, how many runners? 10,000 runners coming towards us. It was, um, it was pretty funny. Yeah, okay. I haven't looked up the, how many finishes there were. But remember at Sydney when we were watching the start of the half marathon and they just keep flowing through? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's, yeah. A, it's a lot of people. It a is, lot of yeah. People. And, and you can, and I, you know what the funniest bit was? Is watching all the people that have slept in and they, um, oh, they, they missed the start. They missed the start. <laughs> and they're like 15 minutes behind the pack. There'll just be a bloke charging along. There's <laughs> obviously card in start or whatever. Um, and it, it went all the way to a half an hour back. There were still people coming through with marathon bibs on. And they weren't slow people. They were like, they were just late to the start line. Oh, that's your worst nightmare, isn't it? We have nightmares about that yeah, for sure. I'm going to say I've had those nightmares before. Yeah. I don't and, know if and, in the nightmares do I ever actually start the race though. Yeah, well, the, these these guys do. And um, it's a long day out there by themselves. I probably start catching people about like 10K and then they just roll through the entire, well, a lot of the field anyway. If they're like a three-hour guy, then um, then they're going to catch probably like two-thirds of the field. Before we get too deep in run and chat, the most important uh, piece of information we need from you, how did Brie go? Brie went well, really well. She she surprised herself. She's had like some of that virusy stuff I've had and she's had a couple of little niggles, like a back niggle and a um, hamstring niggle. So she wasn't expecting too much, but she jumped out there and she didn't get a preferred start or anything. So she she got caught up in um, the start line and so she spent the first K or so like trying to get around people and then uh, worked worked her way through really well, ran evenly, ran faster towards the end, ran a big PB. So oh, really? 80, 83 minutes she ran. Um, she was really happy and, yeah, she, she did well. I got out on course, saw her. I rode next to her through the Albert Park with Pia on the, on the bike seat. That was really cool. Mm. But both of those guys enjoyed that. Um, Gave her a bit of a pop in her step, and then um, she was just part. As we were riding next to her, she just kept going around people, around people, around people, and so she ended up passing really well, like passing through the field. Uh, and and I, I had a few ladies in front of her that I I knew that she knew, and she'd ended up she ended up passing most of them. So were you getting like ultra competitive and being like, "This girl's thirty five seconds up, you can get her." No, nah, no, nah, I wasn't doing that. Splits. 
I wasn't doing that. I was pretty tame. I'm not her coach anymore. Ellie's Ellie looks after her training, so I was just a supporter on the sideline. I do want to get to that because you made a comment about how uh, husband, wife, partner, spouse, coaching, athlete relationships don't work after Burnley Half Marathon. Remember that? When you're lipping off Mattress and Gemma? And I said, let's just wait and see what happens at Melbourne Marathon in a month's time. <laughs> I don't think it'll work long term. Oh, well, it worked yesterday, but we'll chat about yeah. that a bit later on when we're talking to Gemma. Uh, let's whistle through these weeks. Do you want to take us away, Croaks? Tell us what it was like running up at Noosa. Uh, yeah, so Monday I was still in Canberra, so I just did uh, yeah, just 8K, uh, 434s. And then Tuesday morning before we flew out, uh, I did an hour in Mulligans at 433s. And, yeah, so then Wednesday morning was my first run up there. Uh, just like another 8K, 420s. Um, it's pretty easy to sort of get rolling up there because it's warm, it's uh, dead flat. And um, I only took the one pair of running shoes because I did want to do a session on the Thursday. So I took a pair of, like, took my Super Blast because I thought uh, it's pretty versatile. I can do a bit of a session in those and, um, you know, obviously jogging them as well, which brings me to the Thursday morning. Um, yes, the session was six by three minutes, uh, one minute slow jog in between, um, felt actually pretty good. Like these were all between like 3.30 and 3.35 K pace. So, you know, not super fast, but it's, you know, faster than anything I've done for three or four months. And, um, yeah, like heart rate got reasonably high. Um, just, yeah. And obviously the air is just a bit thicker up there, a bit more humidity. Um, but yeah, happy to get through that. Um, did you just on that like did you enjoy running fast again or was it so like messy because you haven't ran that fast in a while that it wasn't enjoyable do you know no, what I mean that, by that question yeah that was enjoyable but I guess it's still it, in terms of the speed it's still so much slower than what I would normally run three minute reps at so it actually didn't feel like I was running that fast yeah okay if that makes sense yeah. you know like 330s to 335s is not you know, I don't feel biomechanically like stre- stretched at that sort of pace. Um, but from a fitness point of view, I, I certainly didn't need to go any any faster than that. Yeah. Um, plus, if it, you know, plus the heat sort of just the heat and humidity just you know sort of gradually catch up on you a little bit on that session. Um, I didn't run Friday. Uh, I had a few beers on the Thursday night at the wedding, and then I was meant to run when we got home on the Saturday, but I just couldn't be asked, so um, didn't run. Yeah, Friday or Saturday. And then Sunday, uh, got out for 80 minutes out at Mulligans. Uh, so I do want to try and do one longish run a week, and I, I won't go any longer than 90 minutes until sort of Christmas. But yeah, did 80 minutes, uh, 4:24s, so um, just over 18k, which is yeah my longest run since the end of June. So it's a week of 60, 61k. Good, longest run in a while, and first kind of workout. Yeah, our second workout. I did one here in Canberra um, with my crew the week before, um, just a 25-minute tempo. Oh, yeah. 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 Good, good. Are you planning on just sticking to around the threshold-type heart rate for your sessions? Yeah, so my plan is um, when I'm in Canberra, just run with the group that are around that sort of 17, 30 to 18-minute 5K athlete. Um, because that whatever session they're doing should you know sh- shouldn't get my heart rate through the roof if that makes sense. So yeah. I'll just I'll basically just do my sessions with with those guys. Um, which if they were up in Noosa, like they probably wouldn't have been running that fast. So probably probably be actually slower than that. This will get you 
fitter than you think it would get you. Like you'll get back there and you'll be like, how the fuck do I feel so good only doing this? Yeah. I'm, I'm serious, it will. It'll, yeah. it'll deceive you. It's more, it's more the psychological battle at the moment going, you know, like, because I'm like, I said last week, I'm that type of person that I'm either all in or all out. And if I'm doing something, I, I want to be able to do it to the best of my ability. And I know that there's no way I'm doing things to the best of my ability at, you know, 60, 70 K a week. Um, and even off a, you know, 90 minute long run, you know, like I barely even call that a long run, but, but you're right. Like if I did this, I could probably still go out and run 16 minutes for 5k even though I'm not really running 312s in training at all. I reckon if you did this for eight weeks, you'd run 1530. Mm, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to get permission to do that, but we'll, uh, yeah. But it'd be, ni- it'd be nice just to join with the group and, and be able to do sessions with them. 1530, that's a good challenge. Yeah, I don't reckon I'd, I reckon I'd struggle at 1530. No, you would do that, no problems. Yeah, we'll see. I'll oh, see if... Uh, sixes. See if Andre gives me the go-ahead. Maybe, yeah, Chris, around Christmas time. <laughs> January 6th, Surf Coast Track Club night. Oh, is that locked right. in? Yeah, lock it in. 10K? 10, 2 by 10K, 3 by 5K. Very good. I like that. Indeed. Tell us about your week, Moose. Oh, yes, my week. Uh, interrupted by ongoing illness. Still playing havoc with me just not quite over it yet yeah it's it's been a um been a bit of a frustration for me because i'm supposed to be back rolling now and my body's just not letting me so it's a more of a maintenance type week for me like i want to keep running but i don't want to stress the body too much monday i felt all right i did 9k in the morning and then i ran in the arvo 6k so sort of my my like i guess it it was how I'm doing doubles now. So doing doubles like um, like two really easy runs, not like an hour and then 30 minutes. I'm, I'm doubling differently to, to, what I not, like, to what I did when I was getting fit. Um, and I can just get a couple more K that way without really risking anything. I did run an hour the following day, went down to the beach, uh, ran a bit with Bree after that. We just caught up with her on the run, which was cool. Um, then the next day, did a workout, went into the track. So Deacon, I thought I'll get in here and do a um, little bit myself, uh, no group or anything. Um, so I did threshold reps. Um, I did four by a mile, and then I did one mile of straights and bends. Uh, this this was i wanted to just do something different where i'm where like i i'm losing a bit of motivation to do workouts so i I decided to change locations and it worked i like being on the track uh the the workout wasn't anything crazy i I had my heart rate on to make sure that i didn't do too much over threshold uh so the the first rep was 511 and then it went 5.14, 5.16, So they got slower, which is kind of normal for threshold reps, um, especially when you're not fit <laughs> as you're coming back. Just a regression, I guess. Uh, but I, was, I felt fine. Um, then I had uh, a minute 15 
break. So not a, I was taking 75 seconds um, break between these. So the breaks weren't very long. I probably could have extended that just to make the, the reps be a bit more even. And then the, 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 the one mile, so four laps of um, straights, hard, bends, easy, was a lot harder than the actual session itself. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty tricky little workout that. You guys ever do it? I reckon you, you would have croaks. No, not that much. Like more of just a tune up. Like I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have done it as like a pure session. I might've done something like that in the lead up to a race. Um, But I'd imagine as you get older, this stuff gets a bit harder. (laughs) Yeah. And it's probably why you kind of need to to do it, even though it's shit. It's like, it's still worth going and doing, especially if you're doing threshold stuff. Um, If you're doing threshold work, it's just like really one pace and, uh, you're not really turning the legs over too much, so I thought, oh yeah, I'll, I'll chuck in a few, few, few hundred meter reps, basically. Yeah, I don't know. They were, it, 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 by the end, I was, I was, I was pretty cooked. Um, went for a run the following day on the trails. So this was when I started to feel a bit shit again. Um, it was single track. It was pretty wet morning. Um, I was with the dog, and I, I stubbed my toe on something a non-existent little rock or whatever and I, I went down pretty hard going uphill so it was it was safe for me but it still shook me up a little bit you, one minute you're running along perfectly fine thinking about something deep in thought and then the next minute you're like on the ground and it's cold and all of a sudden your elbow and your knee fucking hurt from banging it on the ground and the dog's standing over you like like wondering what's going on and then my watch started buzzing. I've got um, incident detection set up. So if I have a, it detects if you have a fall or an accident. And after like 10 seconds, if you don't cancel it, it sends a, um, a message. I think it's a message or an email to your um, emergency contact saying that you've had an accident. Mm-hmm. But, but, but I, I worked out that you, you actually need your mobile phone with you for it to, to work. I, th- I think, um, and I didn't have my phone, so I was trying to work out how, how it would actually send that message. Uh, I, d- I, I didn't look too far into it after that, but I, I, I'm pretty sure you do need your phone with you. But a really good idea, if you're going to be out in the bush by yourself, actually, like a great idea, and I'll consider taking my phone as well just because of that. Uh, for the next hour the following day, um, this got around nothing crazy and then on the um saturday afternoon i had a really shit sleep that night and then i woke up i woke up average and i thought i'll do my workout in melbourne so we went up about lunchtime uh just took one pair of shoes took the vapor fly decided to do a session i jogged to the tan warmed up around the tan and i thought i would do my workout on that 2k loop that a lot of melbourne runners use for their tempos and their thresholds it's oh, the it goes bridges one is that the one yeah i think it's called the bridges one yeah so i started there and i was doing two minute one minute 30 second five sets of that and the rest was half the duration of the repeat and it was just way too crowded on that trail so i just as soon i didn't even get a full lap i went over the anderson street bridge down past gosh's paddock 
and I decided to go to the track and finish the workout. They'd be now, tight turns too, wouldn't they? Like crossing the bridge bit and then turn yeah, back on the path. They are. Yeah, like right angles. The paths actually really quite um, narrow in spots. So if you're passing a group of people, and there's a lot, of, and it goes through all the barbecue areas, and the barbecue areas are all on the other side of the tan there, on the other side of Alexandra Ave, and there's like families of thirty people just milling around yeah. with dogs and everything. So it might be different during the week than on a Saturday afternoon. It probably is actually. Still, it's, still, not, it's not ideal place to do a threshold. Nah, a wee a bit thought... like like precious though because you live in the country, just run in the middle of the roads. Yeah, it could be that. Like they just appreciate that more. I would rather actually just do it around the tan and have a hill. Yeah. That would be better for me than running that loop. I don't like it. Because the hill's not ridiculous. No, and I mean, it's a hill. You have them in races. Mm. The hill's a part of life. And I make that comment, ridiculous hill, going <laughs> off of one race I do around there every couple of years. And not running a single hill all yeah. month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the workout was in retrospect too difficult for where i was at so the the two minutes uh i started at 306 and then the one minute was 304 30 second 257 now because you can't like you're doing half the repeats in rest after that 30 second rep you're doing 15 seconds of rest and then you're back into a two minute rep so my heart rate just was not going down by the fifth rep, I was basically spent the entire time above 175, which is over my threshold. So this was too difficult for where I was at, which I, I realized, but I didn't adjust it. I thought you'll get, you'll get through it. Uh, just be smart about it and, and don't push as hard. And what I, what I mainly changed was my jogs just got a lot slower. Um, so I went two minutes with 306, 310, 259, 305, 301 however this was on the um olympic park 500 meter track and that's not accurate for gps so there's a little bit of mayo on all this and you wouldn't have been able to put your watch in track mode either would you does that work on 500 meter tracks oh i don't know but by the time i i'd start i was midway through the session Mm. and it didn't really matter either but there's people who do train there like regularly yeah do they put their watch in track mode can it do 500 meters I'm not sure. I think you have to put what lane you're in. Yeah, but I know my Coros does. That's what, what lane you're in, and it goes off a 400-meter track. It does it need to be – because that's a bit more like a circle, isn't it's it? It's a donut. Yeah, yeah, so does track mode only work when it's like a standard sort of, you know, straight, bend, straight? I think so. Yeah, so. I've, just, I've just gone into my lap. I'm, I'm on my watch now. The option is lane number. No, you've, you've basically got to pick a lane. So it goes off a regular athletics track and you pick what lane you're in. So how you can't do people adjust. that train there get accurate data? Um, there, I think there are markings. Okay. I haven't seen the markings, but I'm not sure they use markings. I think it's like a little bit longer than 500 metres too. I think it's like 510 metres or something. But I, I don't know for sure. I don't know. Uh, it, all I know is that the GPS doesn't work there. It's just too generous. Yeah, in the end, um, my heart rate got super, super high and I wasn't giving myself enough rest after the the repeats. And so that was Saturday. Arvo had a really shit sleep at the hotel. 
Um, got up, followed the race. It was pretty fun. But then got home late, ran down in Aries with Ali. She had an hour to do. I was going to do 90 minutes. Um, I was Sunday Arvo runs are just like the biggest dread of ever, like ever. Mm-hmm. I was tired. I barely slept the night before. I was struggling with my food because um, I've been feeling sick. And then she just starts hammering the pace early. Did she and wait the whole day to run with you at like no, 3 she, p.m.? She was up at Melbourne Marathon too, okay. supporting. So we were both in the same situation, except she felt amazing and I felt like shit. Uh, I dropped her off after an hour and slowed down a little bit, but I just kept feeling worse and worse. So 90 minutes was my maximum on that day. I needed to eat more during the day. I needed to sleep better. And then that was 100K for the week. I woke up feeling really good today. So I, I, didn't, I don't feel the sickness at all. All day today I was fine. Felt good running. And, yeah, hopefully this is a new week, new me. Good. That's still a decent week. Better than the two before that. Thanks, mate. I, I was saying that was good weeks two weeks ago, but yeah, that's, <laughs> they're back on the right page now. Can yeah. you go back and retrospectively say they weren't a good week for me? I actually am sticking by my statement because I think you were in recovery mode and you didn't need to be doing that many Ks anyway. Uh, all right, fair. Force, I'll pay force that. break for you to recover fully from look, Sydney. I don't believe I don't believe you, but I'll pay the uh, justification. Mm, day a mile. I told you that the other day. De Costello it was. We may have had that comment as well. Got that fact checked during the week. I'm going to whistle through this, fellas. Got a guest coming in in 90 seconds time, so this is a real boring run and week for me. So I only need 90 seconds. Monday, 13k in the morning, 4:39s. 6.4k in the afternoon at 4:35s. Tuesday I did a workout. It was um, I, like a threshold workout, but I did 30 minutes worth of threshold running, but I broke it up. So I went 10 minutes, 8 minutes, 6 minutes, 4 minutes, 2 minutes. And I had 2 minutes jog between the 10 and the, or after the 10 and the 8, and then 90 seconds after the 6, and 60 seconds after the 4. So it probably comes in at like, I don't know, 35 and a half minutes in total. It's a fun one, because once you bang out the 10 and the 8, the rest of it's pretty easy, but you just got to like check the ego a bit and not blow the doors off for the like four and the two minute ones. So mentally, I quite enjoyed that workout. In the afternoon, did 7K at 4.34s. Wednesday, 13K at 4.38s. And then Thursday morning, I um, ditched my run. Olivia's been sick and like on antibiotics and not sleeping real well. And I reckon I had about three hours, maybe four hours sleep Wednesday night. And I just thought there's no way am I getting up early to do um 20k before work so i cut that and i just went out for an easy hour after school at 4:33s. friday i did moose fartlek which i really enjoyed I was hovering around like 307 pace for the three minutes and about 255 257 for the one minutes um so nothing special but just a good little fartlek workout 8k in the afternoon friday saturday 16k 8k double and then Sunday, I started early because I wanted to come home and watch the Melbourne Marathon stream. And I did 31K at 4.03s with Archie, which was good. His fit, like he's pretty, he's, he's kind of cruising at that pace pretty easy. For me, it's a bit harder, that, but I'm kind of looking at it as my kind of like third workout for the week. 150K, just stringing the weeks together. Um, still looking for a race in November. Got sent a couple of requests, well not requests, options. And yeah, I'm still... Um, what are they? 
Um, I got off two of the trails. Moose used to align with that brand. Someone said there's some trail races I could do. There was a run the bay, like a relay thing down in Melbourne. Um, there was one other that came in as well. Nothing that yeah, jumped. I sound overly excited by those. No, that, that I wasn't. No, I was. I was like, oh yeah, they're options. But I was looking for like a hard, fast road race where I'm gonna get like suck through for a fast time, or, or like you know, come tenth or fifteenth or something. Burning. Something pretty when competitive. Burning. I think it's like next weekend. It's pretty soon. Uh, Actually, Canberra Times croaks. They do a ten k up there. That comes through. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, fifth of November. It's not as good as it used to be though, is it? But no, run your long. Run your It's not a super quick course. Yeah, that's. I suggested that last week, Moose. Remember, run your long. Yeah, come down there. Maybe. Maybe. Come and stay with me. I'm still toying with the idea of Vic 5K champs, even though I shut it down last week when you suggested last. Yeah, when you suggested it, because if I'm in B or C grade, I can just wear Alpha or Vaporflies. Oh, why are you so Can't worried I? about these shoes? Because I don't train. I don't have a track to train on in spikes. And I think, like, when you get in spikes without doing work in spikes, oh, you can risk cool. injuries. Mate, according to Terms and Manu, you can just put these things on <laughs> and you'll, you'll, you'll run Australian record. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Anyway, let me patch in our first guest. Let's see if I can land him here. I heard he did have a uh, very big evening <laughs> celebrating. So I'm not sure what kind of state he's in. He may have lost his voice. Trying to patch him in as we speak here. I'm not sure... Uh, how much of him you saw on the on the track yesterday, Moose? See him go past a couple oh, of times. I saw, I saw him Woods. at um, I saw him at the three K mark, and then I did see him again at the thirty six K mark. Um, he was in third place when I saw him. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Some of the splits here. Just I'm few... looking at his splits. It looks bloody good, doesn't you it? You got them open. A couple of technical yeah. issues in the background here. So keep padding, croaks. Do you see anything on the live stream? No, I didn't see much of it, but I did hear that Zach had just chewed his ear off all yesterday afternoon oh, on the mate. beers. Zach doesn't that doesn't he find the hot guy like the the hot property and just attach himself to it? Yeah, I tell you what, I've I've just finished going through our group chat, listing off the names that he like the names that he dropped yesterday afternoon. Oh yeah, Stewie's just popped by, or Jack's Jack's here now, and it's like oh, we we normally call you Frother Brady, but um, Zach was definitely frothing yesterday, Arvo. No, I'm going in. Yeah, I reckon he's taking that mantle. I reckon <laughs> I'm not as friendly as I used to be. I, you know what? I saw um, Reese at 36k. I think it's 36 when you. When they veer off, what what kilometre mark is that, Brady? When the half veers off, and you're just coming up at the bottom of the shrine. Oh yeah, good question. I reckon it's about thirty six, because then you got about six k after that. Maybe it's thirty seven. Anyway, um, he was in third, but he looked mm. very good, and he came past Collis and I standing there, and he actually made a joke. He goes, "Oh, this year I won't forget to turn left or whatever." Because last year he actually followed the bike through the to the roundabout the wrong way, um, so that's right. Yeah, this year he's making jokes at thirty-seven k, and he looked bloody good. And I, I, like I didn't think he would win from there, but that's pro- that was probably a sign that he had a bit bit left. Well, that'll be so, sorry. That'll be one of my questions to him. He's like, surely ten k into the race, he's thinking I'm fighting for second here. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm sure that's what his mentality would have been. Um, so it would have been quite bizarre in that next hour and a half to go, 
holy shit, I'm going to win this. I'd like to ask him, boys. Fantastic padding, by the way, because we did have some issues there. But I think I've got him on the line here. The Melbourne Marathon 2023 male winner, Reese Edwards. How are you? And welcome back to the Inside Run podcast. Yeah, cheers, boys. Thanks for having me. Uh, I apologise for my voice. I am uh, very, very dusty today. <laughs> Congratulations, mate. It sounds like you went just as hard on the uh, celebrations as you did in the race. Yeah, I uh, the celebrations have hurt me a lot more today. I uh, yeah, the beers have got me. It was well earned, Reese. Well earned. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's why I uh, I triple parked myself all night. <laughs> Has it sunk in yet, Reese? Like we'll go through the race, but yeah, kind of like I don't know, thirty five hours on. Like, has it sunk in? No, nah, it's 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 really still really surreal. Uh, I just yeah, it's hard to believe it still happened, and it's. I think that's more so because of the way it happened. Like I only led the race for probably two minutes. So, um, so or oh, maybe three, I don't even know how long, but I guess that's what's made it surreal. So, so I'm not sure if you heard, um, Reese. I was just chatting before. One of my questions to you was like 10 K into the race. You're probably thinking I'm fighting for second here. Was that your mentality at 10 K in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from 1K in when Liam was 15 seconds or 20 seconds up the road, I was like, yeah, okay. So first place is gone. Like his move absolutely looked ridiculous, but it was like he doesn't need to hold that pace to never see us again anyway. So I thought he was just going to get an early gap. But, yeah, 100%, like the entire race, um, I thought I was going to be playing for second. So for listeners that haven't seen I just might go through some of the results, Moose, just so we haven't got that that far in our show yet but you did get the win race in 214.34 ryan gregson was second in 214.54 and liam adams was third in 215.37 but liam adams did run the first 5k i think it was 14.51 and did have two minutes 31 seconds on you at 35k so um yeah it was it was hard to kind of tell on the stream like they kind of missed all the moves and stuff happening but a fascinating race and i guess my first one is, like, what do you think on the start line when you're standing next to Liam Adams, who's ran 208 recently, and then Ryan Gregson, who's our previous 1,500-metre record holder and, and been a professional athlete pretty much his whole life? So I, I guess I was thinking, like, if I was in Liam's shoes, like, he's a 208 guy, he just ran 30Ks at 206 pace. I was like, you know, I'm not going to really probably be competitive against Liam. And then Grego was kind of like a bit of an unknown and I've only ever watched Grego on, like, TV, you know, at the Olympics and things like that. So um, I, I was, like, obviously a lot of respect there, but I wanted to be, like, you know, hopefully I can challenge, you know, at least challenge Grego if he decides not to go with Liam. Um, but, yeah, I was still 50-50 on, like, I'm not really a competitor for them. So, yeah. Also, Reese, like, you've had a pretty disrupted year. Like, you were meant to be doing Road to Gold Coast, um, and then you caught that or got that injury. Whereas you, you compare this year to last year where you did like Sydney Marathon as a lead into Melbourne and you've run, what, 214.34. So, you, like, you're a minute outside your PB. Did you think that you are in that sort of shape? So eight weeks ago, I couldn't run that pace for more than 10 kilometres. Uh, so it was only the last month. The last month I was just like, Oh, I'm, I'm like, this is old Reese coming back real, real fast. And I was like, just don't do anything stupid. But then at the same time, I was like, I probably do need to do stupid things to get fit real fast. Um, so it was probably 
um, I had one of my mates come down from Sydney and originally I was like, oh, do you mind pacing me through like maybe 69 through half? And then the next week it was like 68. Then I was like, do you reckon you got 67 in you? And then it was this week I was like, you reckon you have got a 66 in you? And he was like, <laughs> oh, you're kidding. So it kind of just every week it just changed. And um, so, Reese, at what point during the race did you start to get the feeling Liam was coming back? Uh, when just uh, at the bottom of the tan and I saw, I, I could see Grego just at how I was only really focused on Grego, but you could you could see Liam's high-vis vest a fair way up the road. And I, I only thought he was, like I thought he'd just switched off and was jogging it in just to have the win and just think like, you know, what's the point of going hard? So it wasn't until I took that right hander at Flinders Station, I was like, oh, wait. Liam's kind of like running sideways as well as he's running forwards right now. And I was like, yeah, okay, it's probably fair game now. Because, yeah. yeah, we didn't see it on the stream, but did Ryan Gregson, I'm just looking at the 30 to 35k splits, he kind of put 20 seconds onto you then. And then I think between 35 and 38, um, oh, yeah, the gap was 22 seconds. So, yeah, you pulled it. When did you go past him then to then make the attack for Liam? So... I turned right at Flinders Street Station yep. and I got Grego at probably uh, maybe 1,200 metres to go and I got Liam at a K to go. Yeah, and then you ran 2.56, didn't you? On yeah, yeah. And, that, and, and then I was just – so, like, for me, like, it's just, the last place you want to be is anywhere near Ryan Gregson with a K to go. <laughs> anyway, especially a guy like me. So I'm like, okay, you know. Obviously, it's going to be a pretty lame acceleration, but I was just like, I composed myself for probably about 30 seconds. So I, I, I sat about 20 metres behind Ryan, just composed myself because you could see Liam was going to come back to us. And I just composed myself because I was like, uh, Grego was grabbing at his hamstring. So my physiotherapy brain's just going like, you got to make him overstride. So I was just like, my whole plan was like, i got to hit Grego as hard as I can and I don't even care what happens. So I just put like the hardest 200 metres of like my life in to make, when I went past Grego, and it, just at the same time, I pretty much it went into uh, going past Liam at the same time. Oh, it huh. sounds like such an epic race. I can't believe they – I'm not sure if you watched any of the coverage today, but they missed it all. They didn't have a camera on it. They were showing Jen Gregson. How did Gregson. they that up? Oh, I know, mate. That's one of my Brady on the Looses later on. They just showed Jen Gregson pretty much cuddling every person she could find at the finish line there, and then they threw back to the, the footage, and they threw back to Ryan Gregson – and then she was jumping up and down at the finish line because, and the commentators are going ballistic, like Ryan Gregson's caught Liam, he's going to win it, he's, you know, what a debut. And then they didn't even know that you were in front of him. But um, yeah, that's that's another story. But it must have been just a, a dream come true, kind of like, yeah, it sounds like a fairy tale kind of race for someone. Like, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but a lot of people would have you on a different level than those two guys with their profiles in Australian distance running. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's disrespectful at all. I, I'm definitely not at that level. And I was joking to Moose um, yesterday. I said this is my Stephen Bradbury moment, and and I was kind of saying to Collis and that I was just like, like this is my Olympic moment. Like this is as good as my running career is ever going to get. Like I'm done. I can pretty much walk away now, which is why obviously I hit the beer so heavy <laughs> because um, it, it genuinely felt like a Stephen Bradbury moment. Like it just felt like just things were falling into place with me within, I went from the bottom of the tan or probably to actually from the top of the tan. So five or six K to go. I was like, oh, I just hang on for the third place. 
to like 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh, my God, I could win this. That is so, so, that is so cool. I reckon you're selling yourself a bit short, yeah. though, mate. You you're are a 213 man, and I reckon you can actually go faster. So. What are you talking about? Stephen Bradbury won Olympic gold medal. <laughs> he won Melbourne Marathon. Yeah. <laughs> you are very good at running marathons, though. That's a good thing to say. So, Reese, like you, you um, like obviously winning Melbourne is a prestigious event to win, but you also won the Terrawira 100K Ultra, which is also quite prestigious. How do the two compare for you? Uh, no, nah, this is this is by far like the best experience and the biggest experience. Um, so living in Melbourne now, like my whole workplace was out there, like it's a big hospital, and had, I was probably running and getting cheered on every almost 400 meters the entire course. Like it was it was by far better than Tarawira, and just like celebrating in the MCG and just the atmosphere. Um, yeah, it was by far probably the best experience I've ever had. You know what that I love is- about it as well, fellas? He did it in a club singlet. Is that Who's your club? Is that that ain't St Stephen's, is it? It's your. I think he's got a new AV club for next winter, but we can talk about that yeah. another time. But um, <laughs> that's your club over in the UK, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's my uh, Belgrave. That's Belgrave Belgrave Athletics. Yeah, my London club. It's just um, I know I like the singlet. There's a little bit of a background story that um, I probably should have been wearing different kit, but uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I heard a whisper about this that maybe Nike wanted you in a in a Nike kit, giving it to Nike race, but you were strong with your morals and stuck with your uh, club singlet. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are you, I was, are you a Nike I, athlete now? No, no, no. I'm very far from a Nike athlete. <laughs> I just, um, I, yeah, they were going to help support me just for Melbourne Marathon, but I just had some uh, life things get in my way and I just couldn't get to where I had to get to get the kit. Mate, so stock's I'm, gone up now. Yeah, yeah. Stock's move, gone up. You go back to them with a new contract. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, I'm good for one race a year, Melbourne Marathon. Hey, it's their event. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, Reese, have you thought about what's potentially next? Like you looked at – could you do sometimes back up pretty quick? Yeah, so this is like uh, – this was already planned because I only got eight weeks of training in for Melbourne, so I didn't actually expect to be in this shape. But I, I'm going to Singapore. I'm going to do the Singapore Marathon. Oh, yeah, when's uh, that? So that's on the third, second or third of December. So about six weeks. Um, it was just something that interests me. I'm just going over for two nights, like just a couple of days off work, and um, I just I felt like doing like some harder marathons and some, and just see what happens. Yeah. You good in the heat? Uh, I was when I was living up north. So. Um, I've got paternity leave coming up, so I'm banking on being able to do midday runs and I'm heat wave come through Melbourne. Oh, yeah, Pro we were athlete. talking about that on Road to Gold Coast, weren't we, that you're expecting a child? Yeah, so that's why I couldn't get the Nike kit because I was at the emergency room with my partner. So I um, that was like inside of 24 hours before the race. Oh, and everything's all good? Yeah, 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 yep. everything, everything's fine, thank God. I probably shouldn't have announced that on a podcast, but right on. <laughs> At least we know everything's all good. We can cut that out if you want, mate. Uh, no, you don't need to. You know that. It's just fine. We can definitely do that. Oh, mate. And then um, what time did you finish up this morning? Oh, I actually had an early one because I had to work today. So I was up, no. I was, I was up, at, up at 6.30 to um, get to work. So I um, I had beers. I was, I was home by about 10.30 last night, but I just had a lot of beers in between. I love it. Man of the people, boys. Yeah. yeah, real AV vibes winning the Melbourne Marathon this year. How good is that? Yeah, it's good. 
All right, mate. Any more questions for him before we let him go, fellas? No, not from me. Just congratulations, mates. Uh, yeah, it's awesome to see how far you've come from those days running through mulligans. Yeah, uh, yeah things have changed. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take it more serious soon. <laughs> yeah, but when I think we spoke about this on Road to Gold Coast, though, like you don't yeah. rate yourself as a – because we were comparing you to Ed, and Ed's trying to qualify for teams, and your PBs were pretty similar. But you were like, I don't want to go in that direction kind of thing. Like, yeah, I, I love like I love hard racing, which is why I'm like intrigued by Singapore, because like I'm just I'm just shit. I've got no speed, like I'm got no speed, so I'm like shit at speed. So I just I want to do stuff that's hard, and that's why this weekend was so good. Okay. Here's a quote for you, boys. I'm shit. I just won the <laughs> marathon yesterday, though. <laughs> All right, race. Yeah. Thanks for your time. Appreciate. It. We'll have to get you on another uh, Road Two series after you scratched in the last one. Yeah, sorry about that. No, you don't have to be sorry. That's what happens when you get stress reactions, stress fracture, yeah. whatever it was. What was it in the end? Yeah, it was a stress fracture. So I had about eight weeks off running. So, yeah. Yeah. It's I can't believe how fit you got so quick. Yeah, me neither. I was like, yeah, I don't know how it happened. Maybe it's because I've, maybe I overtrained. Maybe I don't need to train as hard as I think. You didn't go and get that um, needling, did you? Um, yeah. Mate, mate, you show me some science behind that needling, and then maybe I'll do it. Seriously, some good evidence-based science behind it, and maybe one day. I just want to clarify: we're talking about dry needling here, an inside joke from our road to Gold Coast, not any other kind of needling. Yeah, well, yeah, let's not go down that road. I'll get myself in big trouble. <laughs> All right, Reese. Thank you, Reese. Thanks for the See chat. You, Talk All to right. you next time. Congratulations Cheers, again. Thank you. Bye. Jeez, he's a refreshing character to have in our sport, isn't he, fellas? Oh, very good. Yeah. Very good. Very just, uh, yeah, just says it as it is. And, yeah, no no bullshit at all with Reese. That's what you want. You just want those kind of things, don't you? Do you want to read through the uh, women's results croaks? And I'll, um, maybe then we can hear what Moose saw, and then I'll get Gemma in as you were doing that. Yeah, so Gemma Maney got the win. Um, debut, yeah? Debut, yeah. Debut. Yep. Which look at these splits. So she ran 235.25, 77.46 for the first half, 77.39 for the second half. That is perfect pacing right there. Yep, um, exceptional. Yeah, Millie Clark was second, 241.27, and Cassie Little was third in 243.15. And yeah. then just compare that to Reese's splits because we didn't do, give them. He went through 66.39 and came home 67.55. And it's important to keep in mind Melbourne's second half is more difficult than the first half is. There's really no hill in the entire first half of the race. Uh, so that you would ex you would expect the second half to kind of be a little slower just based on the um, anatomy of the course. Yeah, yeah. seven-second negative split. I think we've got to hear now. Gemma Maney, welcome to the Inside Run podcast and congratulations on the win yesterday. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. You're still awake? Matt was a bit concerned you might be asleep by uh, 7.45 on a Monday night after winning Melbourne yesterday. Yeah, 8 o'clock is usually my bedtime, so uh, it's pushing it. Okay, we'll see how we can go in the next eight minutes. Uh, has it sunk in yet? Or we just had Reese Edwards on and asked him the same thing. Um, oh, It hasn't really sunk in, no. I guess my foot is reminding me that, yes, I ran a marathon yesterday, but um, no, aside from that, it hasn't sunk in at all. 
But it, it seemed like it was perfect, Gemma. Like, we just com- spoke to Reese about the men's race and how chaotic that was in the last couple of Ks, but you almost had this sewn up from, um, you know, early on in the race and your splits were amazing and you looked great as well. Like, it looked like a fantastic way to debut. Yeah, I just had uh, heaps of fun with it. So Matt and Dane had come up with a race plan that was a little different to probably what I would have run. Um, they just wanted me to be conservative, um, yeah, just stay relaxed until 30, 35K and then attack it. Um, yeah, so I just had fun, chatted to people out on the course, um, which helps at Melbourne because you know every second person you run past. Uh, I didn't even think about where the other competitors were. I just wanted to run a good race for myself. So that never crossed my mind until probably 38K. And then I was like, oh, hang on a second. Dane turned to me. He's like, I think you're about to win Melbourne Marathon. Really? You didn't get any splits on the way? Like, no one, I've just got them open now. Like, you were two minutes 30 up on Millie at um, halfway. And then I think 30K, it was kind of like, yeah, three minutes 53. So it was kind of like, yeah, no one told you that as you were going? No, no. So you can see a few times on the course when you sort of go out and back where everyone else is. So I sort of glanced back um, and saw where she was, but I didn't know if she was starting conservative and if she was going to run over the top of me in the back half of the race. Like I had no idea what to expect. Mm. Um, So yeah, it probably wasn't until we were coming back up past the shrine, like the second time up the hill, uh, where I looked over to where she was and yeah, caught a glimpse of her over there and that's when it sort of sunk in that I, yeah, if I didn't fall apart in the last 3K that, yeah, I had it in the bag. And Gemma, was 2.35 about the time that you thought you'd run on debut or that you'd be happy with? Yeah, so I had a goal. I wanted to run probably closer to 2.33. Um, but, yeah, given Melbourne's course isn't the fastest course, Matt said I should set out around 2.35 and just see what happened. Um yeah, so I'm really happy with 235. Like, can't complain. Um, I definitely think I've got a bit more in there. So, yeah, definitely hungry to get back out and do another one at some point. The um, the splits, Jim, you were seven seconds quicker in the back half. Um, yep. But you said that the, you just basically took it easy to 30. Things must have got a bit hard or else you, you like, if it was if it was that easy for the first 35 or so you would have been quicker through the end did it did it get hard at some point uh around the 10 so that hill um i don't know what point is like 35 36k sort of when you got that long hill um i was scared if i redlined that hill too much that i wouldn't make it to the finish so i sort of eased off the pedal a little bit and tried to work the downhill a bit more uh same with the second time you come back up it um so up until then felt great um uh, I think those few hills trashed the legs. Like coming off around 39K, I started getting a cramp in one of my hip flexors and it was just telling me like, yeah, you've, I've sort of had enough now. Um, yeah, so the last two 2K hurt, um, but before that it was fun. But ducking and weaving amongst the people when you're starting to hurt as well, that's that was really challenging. Do you mean the half marathoners that you passed? Yeah, yeah, yeah the last 2K was chaotic. It was really congested. Because you're, you're hitting the ninety minute. Yeah. You're hitting the ninety five the ninety to ninety five oh well no, an hour forty probably, uh runners who are going like thirty seconds a K or more slower than you. So yeah. yeah, that would be hard. Yeah, most of them are really nice and move out the way, but there's so many that run with headphones in and so they're just completely oblivious. 
so you just like excuse me or like coming through and the motorbike and Dane were yelling at them and they're just oblivious they can't hear you excuse me is such a polite way of doing I that. did not <laughs> say excuse me out on course <laughs> they need a fix it like, you can't boom. have the winner doing that <laughs> Yeah, did not say excuse me. It was more <laughs> than that. No one's polite at 39K. No, nah, nah, it was just like move. I didn't swear at anyone, but it was definitely getting abrupt. <laughs> and Gemma, given it was your debut, was the marathon harder or easier than you thought standing on the start line? Uh, it was easier than I thought, I think. Um, yeah, I kept waiting for it. Uh, everyone kept telling me like oh it would be really hard at like 32k or 35k or whatever so I was really nervous that one my stomach was going to go at some point um or yeah two I was going to hit the wall or something like that but no I I just had fun until the last 2k the last 2k I was overrunning Uh, I was definitely ready to finish but before that it it wasn't as hard as I thought you've you've that's because you ran so smart yeah and I've got Dane to thank for that (laughs) Well, not mattress. Well, and Matt, because they came up with a race plan. But um, <laughs> if Dane wasn't there, even if Matt had told me to do what he told me to do, I probably would have gone a bit rogue. Yeah. Uh, as everyone knows, I'm very uh, good at doing. So, yeah, Dane probably told me to slow down 500 times in the race. And it's always easier when you're out in front leading a major city marathon. It yeah. gives you a bit of a buzz. Exactly, yep, yep. And with, yeah, just the atmosphere, every time you pass a big crowd, I'd accelerate and Dane's like, just chill out. So you yeah, are, it pulled me back a few times. You you had a massive group. I saw some pics today, uh, maybe at the, or oh, through Albert Park. There's, you, you were kind of on the front with Dane and then there was probably about 50 guys behind you. Yeah, so coming around there, we were chatting to some of them on the way down towards Albert Park. Uh, and a few of them had said they wanted to run around 2.35. But when we got to Albert Park, we were running a little bit slower than what I wanted. So Dane's like, just sit in the park, just sit in the park. And I, uh, after a couple of K, I was like, no, nah, I'm not having a bar of this anymore. Like, I just want to get going. So I was like, you can sit in the park. I'm not. And so he came with me. <laughs> Gemma, I think I saw one of the, like, the many interviews afterwards that did you sit in the stands last year and then make the decision that you were going to race it this year? Like Ollie would be, what, 16, 18 months old? Yeah, he's, he was 16 months on the actual day. So um, I think when I was pregnant um, two years ago, I watched Matt run and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe one day. But yeah, last year when I was out on course with Ollie, um, I said to Matt at the end, that's what I'm going to do next year. So yeah, it was definitely a goal I, I put in place last year. And that's the future now, you think? Like you'll be a two or three marathons a year kind of lady? Yeah, I don't see myself going back to shorter stuff anymore. I think I've caught the marathon bug. In saying that, the next one I might despise and I might take that back. But at the moment, I've definitely caught the marathon bug. I reckon a bit of Calvin kipped him about you. They just never hurt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, <laughs> li- nice little payday in the marathon. Oh, Yeah. Um, Not that you... I bought an old run-down house uh, early this year. Um, that I definitely had spent that that money a hundred times over in my head that last day. <laughs> two two teachers though, very wealthy people. And I don't know about a, that. A little bit on top must be very nice living down on the beach. It is so nice, but our house is uh, designed uh, from the 60s and definitely needs a good renovate. So. 
that's definitely where that prize money is going to go towards. Gemma, how um, did you enjoy training for the marathon? Like, did you, how much did your volume increase and did you enjoy the longer sessions? Yeah, so some of them were really daunting. I think I um, overthought some of them. I'd be nervous about it for a week um, leading into them. Uh, but because I'd never done it before, you can't really compare it to anything else. So I sort of went in a bit blind and I enjoyed that aspect of it. Like it was all just new um, and a good learning experience. And there was a few uh, guys who live locally who were also training for Melbourne. So it was fun having a good group to train with um, just on the weekends as well. So that made it um, a lot of fun. Um, in terms of my volume, Oh, I was pretty consistent. I've never really hit over 140 Ks before, but for most of the marathon build, I sort of sat between 140 to 145 Ks, hit one bigger week, almost 160. Um, but yeah, just sort of played it a little bit safe for this one, just so I wouldn't break down. Cause I wasn't sure yet how the body would handle it. Last one for me, Gemma. When did you um, hear the whispers that Millie Clark would be potentially racing? And, like, how much did you know about the elite field? Obviously, you know, she's got a PB of 226 high at Melbourne. And, like, yeah, when did that come across your radar? And how concerned were you? Um, so I'd heard a little bit about the elite field a while ago, a couple of months ago. Um, and I heard that Millie Clark was doing the half marathon. So, I probably only heard two or three days before Melbourne that she'd swap back to the full marathon. So knowing who the elite, from what I had heard, um, I knew I was in with a, a shot at um, podiuming uh, and potentially winning um, leading into it. But, yeah, when I heard Millie Clark was entered, I thought that chance had gone out the window. Um, but, yeah. I guess you just got to back yourself because you don't know what other people are doing, what their training's been like. So, yeah, I uh, was disheartened for a, probably a day and then just thought, like, who cares? Like, that's not the goal. The goal is to run a good race for yourself. So anything that comes on top of that was just a bonus. Yeah, great attitude. Any more question for her, boys, before we let her go? Two minutes past her bedtime. Just one <laughs> Just one from me. Um Next marathon, will you look to head overseas somewhere? And if so, where would you like to run? Yeah, so after watching Berlin this year, definitely that's on my bucket list. Um, but in terms of timelines, probably a Japanese marathon is probably more realistic at this point. Um, but, yeah, I haven't really thought that far in advance. It only really came – I didn't know whether I'd want to do another marathon, so that's only sort of just entered my mind in the last – I guess, 24 hours. So haven't thought that far ahead yet, but definitely would love to do one overseas. Yeah. Moose, got any last questions for Gemma? Uh, Gemma, you stick with the um, stick with the in-house coaching? I think so. It's been really fun. I know a lot of people had their doubts. Um, a lot I know of people, one work. person, Gemma, <laughs> one person. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't always work living with your coach. Um, you still sleep in the same same room? Oh, except when he's sick, he's been banished to the spare room park. Yeah, didn't think so. Didn't think so. It's yeah. all... <laughs> um, hence my voice. Bloody hell, Ollie gave me a, um, a cold this week, so I had a mild panic. Um, but no, definitely sticking with, yeah, Matt coaching me at the moment. It was just heaps of fun. And he knows when, I don't know, Ollie's sick or I'm sick or like he knows me better than anyone else. So it's worked to this point. So yeah. I'm not going to change it. Good call. Oh, we should probably ask, what did you do to celebrate? 
Uh, we went to a pub locally uh, yesterday afternoon. So, yeah, the head might be feeling a little bit worse than the legs today, actually. <laughs> Did Good you have job. to work today, Gemma? Reese backed up for work. Did you? No. So I actually have Mondays off, thankfully. Um, so yesterday afternoon didn't matter. Like, I didn't care. I did have to chase Ollie around, though, today. Yeah, it's hard uh, going to school. Oh, 100%. When he wanted to go to the park and took off down the hill, I was like, dude, I've been sitting down. I can't just get up and chase you right now. Uh, amazing work again, Gemma. Congratulations. Thanks. Huge win. And, yeah, thanks for giving us some time for the Inside Run podcast. No worries. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Thanks, Gemma. Well. Yeah, see you, job. Gemma. Yeah. All right. See you guys. Bye. This week's episode of the Inside Running podcast is proudly sponsored by On. On Track Night Series takes over the Zatapec 10 this December in Melbourne. On believes running is a community sport and that together we can achieve more. Just look at OAC. They race alone, but they run for each other. Individually they're strong, but as a team they're taking the world by storm. They're proving that community is key to performance. On Track Night celebrates the running community. On has handpicked events around the world that embody this ethos. The shared passion, the competition, and the camaraderie, it's all there. These aren't your standard races. They're high energy affairs with loud crowds pushing athletes to greater heights. They're rooted in their local community and always bringing something new to the table. They have their own unique local flavor, but they all champion their community. So join us as Lakeside Stadium comes to life on December 2nd. Visit ontracknights.com for more information. All right, fellas, do you want to go back to uh, thank some Patreon supporters? Croaks, kick things yeah, or, off? Or, or do we just stick on oh, Melbourne yeah, sorry, Marathon yeah. a bit longer? I because... forgot there were other events and stuff to talk about as well. Yeah, yeah let's do that. But, but even, like, from the men's marathon, like, I don't think we've touched on it enough that, like, Liam. So, like, Liam went out and ran 64-42 for the first half and then came home in 70-55. Now, like, he's come off the back of Berlin. It was unlikely he's going to break an Aussie record in Melbourne off the back of Berlin, wouldn't you think you just want to secure $20,000 and just run with these guys for the first half and then pull away? Because I have no doubt if Liam runs that race, he wins this. I think yeah, he so, wins yeah. that doing it like that for sure. So you haven't watched the footage. Moose was there in person. I watched the footage and the footage was talking like he wanted to break the course record and potentially run the Olympic qualifier. But I don't know where they were pulling that from. Maybe his first 5K split, which was sub-15. It's like 20 grand. Like, I know, good, yeah, that's yeah. Good money. I'm like, sitting there with you going, how do you win 20 grand the easiest way possible? You sit there until 35K and then peel off. Well, you, you, if, you, if you can't do it at Berlin, it'd be a very rare occurrence to be able to come, come to Melbourne and do it. Solo, yeah, off the front. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. With no packs and with a hilly course and... Worst conditions and... Um... I think those commentators had it wrong, though, because I watched this Instagram video he put up today where I think it was maybe oh, 5 or 6K. He grabbed a drink and he kind of said to the person, like, I'm going too fast. Like, And she's, I think it might be his partner, Charlotte. She's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? And he's just like, yeah, yeah, way too fast. So it's good yeah. to know that the guys at his level can still make pacing mistakes. And he obviously paid for it. Like, I got home from my long run and turned it on, and it was about 35K, and he looked terrible and was looking over his shoulder like he looked like a sitting duck, dead man walking kind of thing, which he was in the last, yeah, 2K. And it looked like his legs had gone, like he was out of glycogen, not just, yeah. like, tired from um, Berlin. Do you know what I mean? Mm. 
Yep. Even when I watched the full thing back today, and someone pointed it out in our DMs, like he, a lot of times he'd grab his drink, have one swig, and then just throw it. And I'm like, I don't know if he got, yeah, the right amount of cal- oh, carbs in as he was going. But I, yeah. yeah, I didn't watch it. So all a I hard saw, way to race a marathon. Yeah, I saw him up past the shrine, um, and that was right. Like at that point, he was probably two minutes twenty in front still, but. He, the others looked better than he did at that point. And then I was thinking, oh, maybe they can catch him. But it was such a big gap still. Mm. Really needed a blow-up to occur, and it really did. But that's the marathon, isn't it? Takes no – like, you can have someone like him who can absolutely crush something like a Gold Coast, but then it gets its retribution a couple later. Mm. Like I, I just was... would have thought, you know, pick up – like do as little as possible to pick up the 20 grand, which, you know, it's well documented that he's not a full-time athlete, which, you know, if you win 20 grand, like it makes it a bit easier to then take a bit of time off work and go overseas and, you know, do a bit of a training camp for your next marathon. Um, yeah, that's the way I would have looked at it. He was, like Reese said, his, from the gun, he just flew up that first hill, Batman Avenue. Like he just gapped him instantly. It's like a man possessed, like the way he took off that line. So there was. Mm. I don't think that was that thinking at all, unless it was like <laughs> I'm going to blow him away, like make sure, make him think this race is over. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a long tempo run if you're going to do it like that. Yeah. Or, or I'm going to win the twenty grand plus. There's what probably a bonus for breaking the course record, so I'm going to make it a thirty thousand dollar day instead yeah. of a twenty thousand dollar day. But yeah, the poor fella must have been leading for yeah, two hours and twelve minutes. And it's going to be the worst feeling because, like, obviously before he was completely shot, it, like, would have been at the back of his mind that, oh, no, I've cooked this and, you know, am I going to get to the finish line or are these guys going to catch me? Like, that's got to be the worst feeling. And even, like, running into the MCG, still looking over his shoulder thinking, okay, I've got to protect protect 30. Like, he was, um, yeah, just trying to save dollars, I think, by the end there. But it made things interesting. We're talking about it. Um, it was a yeah, good good narrative around the whole race, like an epic finish. The women's race, you want to say anything about that? Like, I was kind of lucky Gemma was there because if she wasn't, Millie winning in 241, I'm not sure what the recent slowest time has been. But that, yeah, yeah. just the actually the fields across the outside the 10k, the marathon and the half, the fields were actually quite, um down for the ladies it wasn't quite as deep i didn't think as the men's um the marathon kind of especially like millie obviously saw that in the half and decided to jump up and and thought that was some easier money up there and she was right she got up there and took second place for and and took a bigger paycheck so um there was a real opening up there for her even though she's not fit i mean she's run what 227 yeah, 226.59. Yeah, 226.59. So, like, well off her best, but still good for some money at second. Mm. Half marathon. Yeah, go through the results. Jack Rainey got the win there. Seth O'Donnell was with him um, probably until they started coming back on St. Kilda Road, so 14, 15K, maybe longer than that. And then when Jack went to the front, he gapped him quite easily. Um, ended up putting in just short of a minute. It was 63.06 to 64.02. Matt Clark was third in 64.13. Really didn't see much of this other than the two boys out in front. You didn't really see the chase back at all. The women's half marathon, I don't think you saw anything until Jen Gregson came in to the stadium. She ran 70.07. 
Melissa Duncan, 75-34, so a huge win there. Five-minute gap, and Isabel Hume was third in 76-27, so that was well and truly the Jen Gregson show in the females. What did you see, Moose? Yeah, I, I saw most of this race because I was um, out there watching it because Bree was in it. Jack and Seth were together for for a long time in Albert Park. I was there. I'm not sure exactly what kilometre of mark it was, but they were either side by side or Seth was slightly in front. And then the next pack was Matt Clark with Tom DeCanto. Those two ran very close to one another and there was only a small gap developed when I saw it at the um, veer off point uh, as they head back down to St Kilda Road from the um, tan. Uh, at that point, Jack had, had heaps of time and they were actually trying to send him the wrong way up the hill. Um, so the officials were telling him to go up the hill and he pointed and, and he was like, no, no, <laughs> I'll go this way. He'd done it enough, enough times before. Uh, so that avoided embarrassment um, for the race. Well, when he went to enter the stadium, he got caught up in the fencing. Like he went to go in a different, yeah, kind of, yeah, entrance. That I was like, yeah, like I reckon at one stage he went to stop his watch. Like I've got to stop my watch to jump over a fence. He'd actually get into the stadium. How can how can that happen? Oh, yeah, go watch it on the stream. It was yeah, very because you know how they're kind of different. You got a ten k, maybe a five k entrance, a ten k. I don't know, but he was on the wrong side of the fencing, and then yeah. It was. It wasn't a good good look. So how do you get through? How do you get through? He kind of yes yeah, snuck in between a gap in the fence to get back out from the area he was in to be back on the road, and then he had to turn left. Ah, like 50 imagine if it bit. was close. Yeah. Imagine if Seth is yeah. right behind him. Oh, see, that's the kind of shit you know. Like a, an athlete like that should not have to think mm. about where they're going. It it shouldn't come down to making a decision when you see a point. The decision should be made before you through clear signage and direction. We've spoken about this like every year Melbourne's on, like, you know, and um, Gemma made um, point of it uh, with, you know, the merging of races. Mm. And like, you know, it's the Melbourne Marathon. You should not have the leaders of those races running up the back of other people and having to dodge them. Every like, year, every year we say the same thing about because, that. Because it isn't. Well, it's only the, been the last two years, hasn't it? Because the half used to go over that footbridge. Yeah. The year I come third at Melbourne, you went over the footbridge and then you came down into a different, like, chute, whereas now it goes past, like, Flinders Street and Fed Square and stuff and you hit the back of them. It's, yeah. yeah, it's terrible. We, I ran with people running two hours 30 last year. Remember, I was pacing one of your mates, Moose, and we were yeah. just yelling on the footpath and you're just like, these are guys running 230. This is the lead females. Let them win a race and not have to worry about this stuff. Yeah, especially when it's like, well, the marathon's the, that's the number one event there. You know, it's the Nike, it's, it's a Melbourne Marathon Festival. So like, you know, that should be the priority that those winners have clear road. Mm. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, Crokes. But in that half, Gregson, she looks so good the whole way. Every time I saw her, she was just in total control. She's so fit right now. That's not a fast half marathon course, I don't reckon. Like not that fast anyway. Um, Jack Rayner running 63 sort of shows that so that's a that's a very good run from Jen one of the runs of the day if not the run of the day mm. yeah she would have been in a nice group of fellas too wouldn't she no there was only one there was only two around her at the very start and then there was only one at Albert Park and then she was solo at the tan yeah Okay, so then the 10K results. 
Yeah, so Dave McNeil, he's back. Uh, he got the win, 29-10. Zach Faccioni, second, 29-18. And Dale Carroll was third in 29-25. Uh, and in the women's, Olga Fasova, she got the win in 32-52. Holly Campbell, second in 33-06. And Morty Skyring, third in 34-flat. Yeah, yeah, this is that was probably that was one of the best fields that they that the race had. I thought the women's ten, men's ten. I reckon. I reckon that takes it. Nah, disagree. Okay, agree to disagree. <laughs> Who was? Yeah, I was going to get technical there, but I won't worry about. Um, that was good. It's almost like. I got this impression watching it. They try to do too many things so everything turns out okay and nothing gets done well. And it's that problem that Sydney's got as well that you've got like multiple races on the same morning. Yeah. And it, that, yeah. you could tell it from the coverage. Like they missed, like the commentator saying, here comes Dave McNeil, he's coming in the stadium, but then there's no camera on it. And then, as I said, they like missed the main move of all that stuff that happened with Liam Reese and Ryan Gregson. Like they missed all that because they were showing Jen Lacaz finishing the race. So it's like you can't be in so many places at once. Um, and but I think it's, is... in Australia, that's just what we do. We do all these events. As I was watching on the side of the road at seven oh seven ten a.m., and I'm there with my daughter, and luckily I was holding her at the time. And probably, I'm going to say, 7,000 people started streaming <laughs> down the sidewalk towards us. Like, they weren't all on the sidewalk, 7,000 of them, but the entire road was running towards us. And there was people walking their dog out there. There was kids. And, and the race was running down the footpath at us. And these aren't, like, one or two people. They were going, like, I'm going to say 15, 12 to 15K an hour. And they like there was no regard for anyone on the sidewalk. I had to hide behind a tree so that I wasn't standing out and getting run past. Like that 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 needs addressing. That's actually a real dangerous thing. Imagine if someone got bowled over in like a stampede on the footpath that that was just out walking. Like there's some legal issues around that, surely. Yeah. Have a look at that video I just sent you while I go through the um Bridge to Brisbane results. So this was one of the bigger races up in Brisbane. Um, our boy Tim Vincent took the win, 29-29. It's 10K, did I say that? So that's a good time going over the bridge there. Uh, Liam Bowden was second in 29-51. And third was Jack Bruce in 30-01. So all the big dog Queenslanders there. Timmy Vincent takes bragging rights. I reckon Jack Bruce might have got him previously up there, but that was a... Um, yeah, good result from Tim Vincent, who is back from the World Road Running Championships in the females race. Always Welling's got the win in 33.07. Cassie Fian was second in 33.54. And Rochelle Hill was third in 34.40. So some good stuff happening in Queensland. Um, and yeah, Eloise has obviously gone up there from Sydney. All the rest of them are Queenslanders. Is this fast? Anyone done this? I actually don't think it's as hilly as the name suggests, running over a bridge. But no, I've never well, done it. Yeah, so the, the start of it is really hilly, like straight up the, um, I think it's called like the Gateway Bridge. Um, and it's, so it's a bridge, if you're leaving like Brisbane Airport to head down to the Gold Coast, like it's a pretty, pretty severe climb. But then after that, it's, it's pretty flat. 
Yeah, okay. But get down the that, way early. The, the, the start of it is like pretty steep. Yeah. Mm. Did you watch that video? Yeah. I watched yeah, the video. Uh, <laughs> he yeah, followed the bike. He followed the bike. Yeah. Doesn't scream elite uh, <laughs> elite event, does it? Yeah. I'll put that on our socials throughout the week. Give people who <laughs> what I'm talking about. Let's go back and yeah. pay some Patreon supporters now. Croaks kick us off. Uh, so we've got Catherine Shan or Shan uh, from Brisbane. Don't have a lot of results for Catherine, um, but she has run the Kelvin Grove Park Run a couple of times and did last year's Bridge to Brisbane 4.5k event, 30 minutes. Easy, Tiger. Who's banging there? Is that Brady? It must be. Yeah. Um, so she's a partner at HWL Ebsworth Lawyers, and uh, they're currently ranked as the largest legal partnership in Australia, according to the most recent partnership surveys published by the Australian and the Australian Financial Review. So, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Boy. If you're looking for lawyers. Yeah, well, we might, then. I reckon, some stage yeah. on this show. <laughs> we haven't hit Brady's whispers yet, but... Yeah. I, yep. even, I don't even know what I got for the whispers this week, but I see some stuff's been added in here. Oh, yeah, I've got some good stuff. Thank you, <laughs> Catherine, for your support. Yep. Have you got Thanks, Moose? Catherine. I have Deck Tregear from Melbourne. So he has... Oh, he or she. Uh, he, I think it's, De- I think it's Declan. I think Declan, it's okay, Declan. yep, yeah. we'll go with yep. Declan. Um, best of 18.25 at Albert Park Park Run. For, is that like, that'd be one of the... Faster ones in the country, I reckon. Albert Park, always good packs there too, I think. He's run 40 flat for the 10K at the two times U wellness run, which is coming up in December, I think. So, like a lot of people aiming for that because there's not many races left between now and the end of the year. And ran three hours 29 at last year's Melbourne Marathon. Uh, I think he might be a pool lifeguard at Glen Ira Leisure. Oh, a pool lifeguard. That's a bit of a dreamy job, isn't it? <laughs> Don't yeah. you reckon? Well, how old is it, you know, Crooks? Bit of a high school job, isn't it? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, like he nah. could be a uni student or something. No, no. Don't, don't cancel your Patreon deck. <laughs> no, I mean, hey. in the nicest way, deck. I think you're just a young whippersnapper who's just... You ever seen uh... bon- Bondi lifeguard? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. What about um, the Sandlot kids? <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> How good is that scene? This could be, that could be Declan's <laughs> gender reverse. What that was, was a great, great movie. What was the kid's name with the glasses that she ends up kissing? Smalls. He... Smalls. Yeah, that's it. Oh, you've taken me back here. <laughs> taking me back. I'm going to watch yeah, that I tomorrow. I don't, think he's a, I don't think he's a real old old bloke. Yeah. No, what a dream job, Paul Lifeguard. Thanks, Deck, for your support. Please don't cancel your subscription. I'm going to thank uh, Ian Hurley. Pretty sure he's from Ireland and works at Trinity College in Dublin. Um, there was also an Ian Hurley who ran 240 at this year's London Marathon. Not sure if that's the same person, but if it is, that's a rapid time. And congratulations on the 240, Ian. Fun fact for you, boys. The uh, the Bridgetine nuns, sisters, they started all the Catholic schools in Achukamoama from Ireland. There's a fun fact for you. So we've got a bit, of, a bit in common there. Are you? Um, how many... Catholic schools in Echuca, Moama. Uh, one primary school. They built a new one in Moama in a couple of years. Got some land for it. And one secondary school, St. Joseph's College. So the, is... chur- the church owns that land? The church owns the land they've purchased in Moama, yeah. But it's a different, the... different church because it's on the New South Wales side, not the Victorian side, whereas the other schools are on the Victorian side in Echuca. What, so the churches 
a state based. No, Victorian. They're, like, they're called like dioceses. Yeah, so they got their own like borders within the state. Mm, I don't know anything about yeah, this stuff. So, so Echuca is in what they call the Sandhurst Diocese, which includes like Bendigo, Shepparton. Um, yeah, and then I don't know what the New South Wales one is. I don't reckon it goes up to like Wagga and stuff. Yeah, okay. technical stuff. Anyway, Ian, you didn't think we were going to go there, but um, you might know a bit about that if you work at the Trinity College in Dublin. Um, now, what are we up to? Listen to question, Bradley. Mm, there's a few here. Have a quick look. Anyone jumps out at you that we want to tackle? Oh, or do I just choose one? I can answer the third one easy. How much stretching mobility do you guys do? <laughs> can you touch your toes? No, I can't. That's from, is it Ralphie Goad? Can't yeah. do very little, should do way more. Um, occasionally get the massage gun out. If it's a really important race or like workout, I might get the, um, what are those bands called? Oh, yeah, yeah like TheraBand? Yeah, do like the crab walk, do a couple of those things. But um, yes, very low on my priority list. Uh, all right, well, that's the question we're going with. I can touch my toes. Um, I, yeah, I don't do much stretching or mobility. I do, however, and I've been doing this now for, uh, I reckon, since the start of this year, before every single run, I do some, um, yeah, like those crab walk type things with the band. Um, so I take, it's in my car, so I get out, get out of the car at Mulligan's and then, out the front of somebody's house. I'm just up and down the street doing a few of those and a few of the diagonal ones as well, um, both forwards and backwards. Um, and then I'm a bit like you, Brady. Like occasionally if I feel like I'm a bit tight in areas, I'll pull out the massage gun. Um, and I do do a little bit of probably more activation stuff at home, like, you know, uh, single leg sort of um, glute bridges, that sort of thing up on the couch and um, – some split squat stuff, but it's all all just body weight type stuff. But yeah, I don't I don't do a lot of stretching and mobility. Moose, mm, yeah, stretching, stretching. I I occasionally do a stretch called um, World's Greatest Stretch, and it's it's when you go out in like the push up position, and you um you bring your foot on one side up so that you're in like a half kind of lunge position. And um and then you you open up your shoulders, uh, you'll have to Google it. And and that to me that I do that before workouts occasionally, and I do it before uh, my gym session. Uh, but that's pretty much the end for me. But my, in terms of mobility, I do do some light Pilates, reformer stuff on the dot on the nights that I'm not doing a heavy gym session. So I get on there and I just have like really weak, um, cables on or what do you call them springs. And I just do some squats on the on the um, reformer bed. I do some calf stuff on the reformer bed and a few glute things, a bit of hamstring stuff and some core. That's more mobility than it is strength. Mm. I can't touch my toes. Do you ever do it before you go for a run? Like, because anytime I've done some like activation or just some like home gym stuff that's not very heavy, and I go out for a run. I definitely feel like I move better. Oh, 100%. Like straight Every, out the door. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, and like it's in a way, it's no different to if I go for a run first thing in the morning and I've done nothing to me going for a run in the afternoon, I move way better in the afternoon because, okay, I haven't done activation as such, but I have just been moving around and so everything's loosened off. And so I, I move better in the afternoon than I do in the morning. The only way I move well in the morning is if I do spend 20 minutes 
you know, doing some stuff at home before I go for a run. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I, if I had the time, I would do that. I don't have the time to do that. Yeah. I, am, I, I say I, that, but then I find like an hour and 40 minutes a day to run. Oh, you mean like cut your run? Yeah. And, like and it's like, it. well, why don't I do that and do 50 minutes instead of not yeah. doing it and doing 60 minutes and feel like shit because for the first gonna, 10 minutes? Yeah. Because you want to get 60 minutes. Because the volume is more yeah. important to you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But yeah. You, could, you could argue, though, that somebody who runs as much as Brady, like him him knocking, you know, 10 or 15K off a week and doing some of that may be more beneficial. Yeah. But some somebody that's only running 40K a week, they're definitely better off, you know, running 50K a week than spending that time doing this sort of stuff, I reckon. Mm. Um, yep. Yeah. Oh, and in terms of the touching your toes thing, that's really not a – uh it's not really relevant for distance runners so the the joke uh here in canberra was that when people used to ask rob de costello to touch his toes he literally would get down to about his knees so he's a guy that yeah could get nowhere near his toes but yeah (laughs) could uh definitely run tight tight muscles and rigid muscles are uh, more economical aren't they well like a spring isn't it yeah yeah, yeah, you want them bound. T- you want them done tight, probably to a point, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but supposedly he was ho- he was pretty bad at you know getting down, touching his toes. Yeah. yeah. Good question. Uh, Moose on the loose, purchase of the week. What have you been doing? Oh, not much purchasing. Not much. You not at all. You were staying in a nice hotel in Melbourne, weren't you? <laughs> no, 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 no. We were at the Seasons Botanical, and that's just across from the tan. So it's basically at the shrine there, right next to the Christian Science, um, the, the Christian Science Church, which we got the organs on Sunday morning. That was pleasant, and it was one bedroom, but it was massive. It was huge. It was only like two hundred and thirty bucks for the night. Bloody great deal, actually. We've stayed there a few times. Ran into Hutchie in the lobby. He stays there every time as well. He had a good run, by the way. Shout out Hutchie. Ran two twenty three. Something for um, for another well-executed marathon. But, uh, yeah, Moose on the Loose. Um, this is one I've mentioned before, but I just don't get it why elite runners just don't be honest about why they do races and the, the reason being that it's great money and a paycheck. Like, the race puts on the prize money. It entices you to enter. You're like, hey, yeah, I'm probably not going to run a PB here, but that's really good prize money, so I'm going to do it. It's okay to say that. It's, there's nothing shameful about entering a race purely to win money from it. Like, that's your job. That's the reason people go and play fucking golf tournaments in the middle of nowhere, to win money. It's, it's the reason that you ran the marathon on the weekend. That's fine. Just say it. It's all good. We don't care. Just don't make up another bloody whole story around it. Um, you, you've seen that before. Yeah. Do you so think it's like the like unprofessional side of our sport that it's all like, I just love running, it's good for me, it's good to be in the running community, yada, yada, yada. Like we just don't seem to, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, like, I know. Hey, I know it's your job. You this is where you get paid. That's I appreciate that's the you honesty though. Yeah. I would love the honesty. Oh, I'm with you. I think there's more to it as well, Moose. I think it's more about, hey, if you say these other things like I'm doing it for fun, like don't judge my actual performance in two days' time. 
Like, yeah, because I'm I'm not in. Bit, yeah. yeah, I'm not as fit as I sh- want to be or should be. That's that. Don't, that's definitely. Uh, yeah, that that plays a part for sure. Don't judge me when I run poorly, but I'll still take your your fifteen grand or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the other thing was the other thing, and this is a Melbourne thing because I don't spend a lot of time in Melbourne anymore. But why do all these adult men and like not just young 20s, I'm talking like late 20s into their 30s, they're wearing all these like bushwalking, hiking clothes, like jackets and pants and hiking shoes. And they like pretend that they're some sort of either bushwalker, but then they behave and they also trying to appear like they're like a 15-year-old kid from a lower socioeconomic area, like with their haircuts and the sunglasses they wear. And it's just the most bizarre thing. And you only really see it in, in the city in Melbourne. It, it, it's real weird. Yeah. Like imagine a 15-year-old kid who's from the wrong side of the tracks, looks across, sees this mid-30s guy who's been to a public school, probably still lives off his mum's tit, wearing the same shit that he's wearing, acting like him, dressing like him, try, getting his hair cut like him. He's like, wait a second, why do they want to look like us? We look like us because we have to. <laughs> do you know somebody in particular, Moose, that you want to call the out here? The thing is, though, those people wouldn't be able to survive in the places where those other people oh, are from. Oh, no, give, no give them 35 seconds on those streets. Mate, you put them in Nepal hiking, they're not surviving. <laughs> they got the gear for it, but they can't fucking hike. And they're not going to survive in downtown Cario or Norlane in Geelong. But I don't know. I do it's, notice it every time I go to Melbourne, yeah. It, I, it's I agree. The Melbourne thing is fucking crazy. I don't, like, it's, it's like a different world up there. I, I, I mean, I, I don't understand fashion, so this is the other thing. No, I'm not you're sure a pretty fashionable guy. No, I don't think so. You know I what's don't... dominating in a Chukamo Amber at the moment? Well, it's been doing it for a while. People wearing these, like, white fox hoodies. Not, and I don't mean like, is it White Fox? It's some brand. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I've like seen it. Every them. single person's got yeah, a hoodie yeah. on that has White Fox written on the back of it. And it's not yep. like motorbike Fox croaks and the stuff that you wear. Like, this is, I don't know what this trend is, but all these chicks are wearing these White Fox hoodies around Chukamaima. I've seen them everywhere around here, too. Yeah, must, I don't know if it's a country thing, Moose. Maybe that's what we're doing. I see them in Geelong. I reckon Geelong and Achoo could be pretty similar yeah. fashion trends. Whoever's selling them is making a killing. Yeah, let's get onto that, actually. That could be like, some. Three, like, mid-30s plus a 42-year-old talking about fashion. <laughs> They're always white or pink, these jumpers, too, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, just got white fox written on the back. Like, they don't look like good hoodies at all. But anyway, yeah. hey, can I go loose on the um, how yeah, late go. the Elite Fields were released for Melbourne Marathon? Put in, re- put in a request last Monday. Hey, I want to go on my podcast that has 15,000 listeners every week to hype up your events and come up with some storylines. Don't get a reply. Still haven't got a reply. I've obviously pissed someone off to be not be able to get the um, the the names. But I just thought it was way too late. Friday night they gave exclusive access to straight at it. Mitch um, Dwyer, who's who's running that account. But this is like too late. You don't have enough time for the storylines. You don't have enough time to build hype. I was talking to Gemma Friday afternoon, and she didn't even know who was, who was officially in that. Uh, elite field at the time so I don't think it's fair for the elite athletes and I just watch how I watch how Mel no how Sydney made like Brett and Sinead just like absolutely like 
superstars, announce them early, build the stories around them, get them doing media, all that kind of stuff. And I've seen Gold Coast do it as well, like the press conferences they hold two or three days out and the storylines they produce around that. And I just thought Melbourne missed a massive trick not giving it to us, or not just us, like out there in the public sphere for people to be able to talk about. That's Who's in charge of that though, Brady? Like who, so I don't know, you, like if they got like a publicity... Yeah, you approach somebody for yeah. it, but like, so but Melbourne Marathon's own, so it's owned by, is it IMG? I don't know who does it, yeah, yeah. I hit up like the person I usually hit up for um, to get when I want to race at Melbourne Marathon, but I don't know if there's a publicity team or who it is or, and then like when they did release them, it was like, you know, like Archie's name was on the half, like he hadn't even entered, and I'm like, I don't even know how his name like appeared there and... Yeah, there are a few like mistakes. I'm just like, oh, we've got to do. We can't sit here and complain that our sport doesn't get eyeballs and stuff, and then not promote the best people in our races. Well, Liam's name wasn't on that elite oh, list originally, was it? I don't know if it was, but this shit me as well. Was. They had to use images of Nike athletes because it's a Nike event. So on the women's half marathon, they have a picture of Sinead. She wasn't even listed as racing in the half marathon. And then the like, mm. picture of Brett there. And I'm like, picture of Tim Vincent. He's up in Brisbane doing a race. I'm like, this is messy. And it was just poorly done, I thought. But anyway, that's just my little rant there. You got more, though? I've got whispers. Oh, I haven't got whispers. I'm opening my DMs. They're always open. But I want to know. I asked you this same question today, Moose. Talking about Sinead. I'm watching the stream. There's a lot of Melbourne Marathon talk in this episode. But I think it's actually, all relevant. Brady, can I, before you get to that. Yes. So I'm actually on. So who who... Got to officially announce the elite fields. Who was it? Straight at it. Yeah. So I'm on their I'm on their Instagram page. Oh, sorry, Liam Adams is there. Sorry. Is yeah. Paul's what he was on it. Yeah. He was getting yeah, ready to go off the top right there. <laughs> Wasn't he? Was yeah. Coming down at. Um, but, was, but he was single. Like he was bib number thirty-two or something. He did that. Must yeah. have, must have been like last minute. Bib. Yeah, it must mm. have been last minute. Um, I'm watching the stream yesterday. Like all the Nike big dogs are there, but not Sinead. Like Stewie's holding the tape. Um, Mona's on the mic and stuff. And then I'm like, where is Sinead? Like, how come Sinead doesn't have a role there at Melbourne Marathon? She's the national marathon record holder and the course record holder of the Melbourne Marathon, like the queen of Australian marathoning. And I'm just like, where's Sinead? Like, well, not just that. Like, surely... why isn't Sinead part of Nike's plan for this marathon to, like, build... Like, you, Nike have Sinead in Australia... Yeah, they use influencers, like posters of people that aren't elite athletes. And Yeah, well, all um, the ads that were going through the streams, all the yeah, Nike ads uh, were people like models, I don't know who they were, but people running in Nike gear that wasn't, I don't even think they were from Australia. So, you know, our biggest demographic that comes in our running store is the, I'm going to say, 40 to 55-year-old lady. And, and that lady's just starting to do, like, get back to exercise after having kids and she's going off a half marathon she wants to start running again and um she, like who's the inspiration right there Sinead is the pin-up girl for that type of demographic who are the main customer of our running store which means must be the main customer of surely of a lot of like the whole industry out there and you have Sinead who is just like one of the best stories we've ever had Nike have her in a pocket and don't use it. They use other people. I don't know. What are they better on a microphone or something? Why are they? Why would they do that? I don't, why don't... I, I'm just confused. It's not, I actually don't know an answer. I'm just like I just stood out to me when I was watching the thing in full today. I'm like, hang on, when Sinead pop it up? And she didn't. 
Anyway, I'm going to try to get her and Ali on a um, catch-up show for Patreon. I don't know, ask her then. But yeah. Now, there's another whisper here, which I have no idea what it is, but it's in my colour, so I'll read it out. It says $100,000 salary offered to the Sokoni team. Sokoni team. What's that mean, Moose? What's Sokoni team? <laughs> Did you write this, Crux? No, it wasn't me. Anyway, Someone's know. got on this page and written that. I reckon it's Zaka. Zaka's is written. Could Zaka. Be a, could be a new Zaka. pro team coming to Australia, throwing out big money salaries. Cockett, you got a hundred grand in Australia to dish out to an athlete. To one athlete, is it? Well, or there's like each athlete that's ten, in the team. Ten get athletes, out of town. Ten grand each. But that's they're going to have to go after some big names with that salary. Mm. Yeah. Zaka, he's got to explain himself. <laughs> I have to get Zaka on. I reckon Zaka got probably six months worth of whispers yesterday afternoon. Oh, he's got a few. That's yeah. probably where it's come from. Yeah. yeah, he can um, he can come on one week. I'm gonna give him a show actually. Let's come. Give him his own with... show, you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. Put him on a panel. He'll be good. He can host. He's good at hosting. You ever listen to that other podcast they do, Croaks? The Run to PB one. Yeah, I listen yeah. every week. That's a good no, show. I, think that Croaks, one. I didn't say you. Yeah, well, I'm answering for Croaks. <laughs> nah. I haven't listened. Yeah, I listen. ju- I'm not judging. I'm not judging Zacker until I listen to one, and there ain't no way I'm listening to one. Croaks doesn't listen to any other podcast, though, Moose. He's not the guy to like have as your yardstick for listening to podcasts. Got one on. He's got, what he just got us on repeat. Yeah, I don't think he even listens to us. No, I, I do not listen to us. <laughs> I was thinking though, one one day it would actually be good to go back and listen to some like episodes from 2017, 2018, oh. like. Couldn't do it. It'd be too cringy. Yeah. Way too cringy. I wouldn't survive. I'd jump out of the car if I was trying to listen. <laughs> It'd be nice to nice to listen one week and remember what it was like to be like a runner when I was actually training a bit. Oh, but, just go um, to just go to recap week from the from Lake Biwa. Yeah, I could that I've never is, listen to that. We should pull some quotes from that. Like from what? pull pull some quotes from the um. The recap week, Croaks' recap of Lake Biwa when he ran his Three TV. years after. Well, 217. No one was running 217 back then. Mm. That was outstanding Because yeah, he jumped then. you, didn't he? You'd run Mate, he was going to the Olympics there <laughs> at that point. He was going to World Champs. Remember the World Champs just before that? The guys were running like 217, 218s. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. He was locked in. Yeah. Jeez, uh, what could have been, Croaks? Yeah, back, backpack, one in him, backpack fuck me, Melbourne. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Melbourne curse. <laughs> All right, boys, let's wrap this up. What's coming up between now and next week? Marusha, you want to promo these races? Jan 6, Surf Coast Track Club, 5 and 10,000 metre races on the track. Yeah, so we locked that date in. That's sorted. Surf Coast Track Night. We're going to do – it's going to be limited spots here because we, we don't have all day. We've got a certain amount of time. We've got three races, two, three 5K. There's going to be 25 people in each. We've got 30 people in the 10K, so that's 60 people accommodated for the 10K. We've got a, oh, got a few, like, entry requirements, I guess we'll call them. Um, pretty generous, pretty generous. Um, yeah, we'll, 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 t- we'll touch on that when we get to it. But if you're, if you're looking for that, if you're that rec runner who wants to try it, a track race, lock it in Jan 6. You don't have to be an AV member. Certainly can sign up with Deakin Athletics if you want, but you can enter without an AV membership, come down, have a really fun night on the track. We're going to have a sponsor there. We're going to have a couple of sponsors there. We're going to have a little carnival-type atmosphere. It's going to be fun. 
Wear whatever shoes you want. Don't worry about spikes. That's right. Yeah, wear whatever shoes no you want. No intimidation here. You just come and just run around the track 12 and a half times or, or 25 times. That's right. That's I right. I reckon the cutoffs will be moose because I feel like there's a bit of track smith here. Hey, just mm. a bit of elitist. Mate, this, this, this is a cutoff race. <laughs> this ain't, yeah, this, this ain't a fun run. We can't shut down the roads for seven hours. This is a track. You've got to get in, get in, get off. But we've, it's generous. It's generous, all right? Just book it for a few extra hours. Let people go around. Hey, volunteers, got to, you can't have someone out there for seven hours in the sun. Oh, yeah. It's night, though, isn't it, this race? People give up their time for this for a fucking sandwich. Is it a night, night race? It's a night race, surely. Yeah, twilight race. Twilight. So it'll go into the evening. But there's pretty long. Pretty Prize long. money? session no prize money we're not about that well, we, about... We, should, we should like donate some from inside running no nah, there's going to be spot prizes like door prizes that kind of thing i for some reason um they don't want to do prize money not when i say they i mean i got to talk to the uh i got to i got to get on top of this but there's a stipulation here saying no prize money hmm. we could have um, naming rights folks yeah Surely, oh, dish, out a, dish, dish yeah. out a couple of pairs of shoes, Moose. He'll make me cut You're that. asking. He'll from... make me cut that, Moose. <laughs> I'm definitely a sponsor. I'm, I'm a sponsor, but Croats ain't dishing out any of these funds for the fucking <laughs> the, the running community. Uh, what are you doing, Croats, between now and next week? Uh, going back to work. I haven't been working for ages, and um, I think we're heading down to the coast on the weekend. See Another holiday, just for the weekend. Second holiday in two weeks. Yeah, well, mum and mum and dad are selling their house, the house that I grew up in. And so oh, um, really? we're not we're not going to have a house down the coast at all soon. I think mum and dad are going to move up Queensland. Queensland. So uh, we've got to uh, got to go and get down there before we don't have the house anymore. Why don't you buy the house? Because mm, I'm staying in Canberra. Yeah, but the second. Weren't you looking down there for a holiday house? Yeah, but we're going to upgrade and get a better Canberra house. So the coast house will go on the back burner for a bit. Must be nice, Brady. Must be very, very nice. The guy just said he hasn't worked for like six weeks. But he's upgrading the house. Works two days a week. Upgrading the house. Might think about a holiday house later. <laughs> All right. We'll end in here before we get too deep into your financial matters. See you next week, fellas. See ya. Special thanks to On for sponsoring this episode of the Inside Running Podcast. On Track Night Series takes over the Zatapec 10 this December in Melbourne. On Track Night celebrates the running community. The shared passion, the competition and the camaraderie, it's all there. High energy affairs with loud crowds pushing athletes to greater heights. Join us as Lakeside Stadium comes to life on December 2nd. Visit ontracknights.com for more information.